I don't need a mic, do I? But I'll use it. <laughs> hey, listen, Refuge Church, I'm so pumped to be here this morning. Um, like Darren was saying, your pastor is very, very near and dear to me. Um, he's a brother. He's a friend. Um, he is a voice of encouragement. Like just this morning, he sent me some great encouragement this morning. He said, hey, don't suck today. Okay, I'll try not to. No, I, I, I'm so excited. You guys, you guys have absolutely incredible pastors, incredible pastors' kids. Um, I love the the entire Harold family. They are such a blessing to be around, an absolute honor. And I just want to thank um, all of them for um, overlooking myself and allowing me to speak to you today. Uh, I don't know what you came in here for today, but I'm telling you, God's going to do something new in your life. And here's a couple of ground rules. When I speak, I speak loud, proud. I'm ridiculous. I'm out of control. I have a ginormous personality, and my voice is much, much larger than it, larger than it should be. And my wife says I talk too much. So you will enjoy today, or you can sit quiet, be quiet, sit down, don't get anything from today, and just be that person or that guy. Um, so without further ado, I'd just like to do a quick intro of who I am, where I'm from, and what God's doing in our life. And so I'm here uh, as a church planner. Um, we are planting Legacy Church in Nashville, New Hampshire on October 7th. Uh, that's very close. I am very nervous. Um, God is doing incredible things in the city of Nashville, New Hampshire, and we are just pumped, absolutely that in a city that, let me tell you this, just like Maine, it needs Jesus in the worst way. The worst way. And so let, can we give it up for your pastors, for the fact that they planted the Refuge Church in Wyndham, Maine, to make sure that people know that they can get to heaven in this place, that they can find community and purpose in this place that they can find refuge instead of getting beat up by a church they can find refuge in a church because we have a god who is a god of refuge amen all right so hold on i gotta hit the pause button jenny jenny told me not to do this i do this all the time so a couple of ground rules again when i talk you talk back to me this is not me speaking at you I want to have a conversation with you this morning. It's going to be loud. You're just going to have to deal with it. I'm going to stand on some equipment. I'm going to get in your face. I want you to holler back at a brother. Can you say holler back? Let's try it again, Maine. You're doing all right. Let's take it up a notch. Holler back. All right, come on, seriously. So I grew up in New England. I grew up in Manchester, New Hampshire, but I live down south. So I say wicked and I say y'all. You're just going to have to deal with it. But I'm originally from New England, so you can listen to me. It's all right. So... We're planning Legacy Church in Nashua, New Hampshire. I'm here with my amazing wife and our three children. I have a, a photo. These are our kids. So the little one, this is Raina, Raina Lynn. Oh, she stole my heart. She's seven months old now and just, oh, she's amazing. She brings so much joy. That's my oldest, Caden, on the right. And then that's my goofy face in the middle. And then that's our youngest, Cohen, right there. And that's my beautiful wife, Jenny. Uh, just so you guys can see, I have a family. There are people who love me, <laughs> and I love them very much. One person got that joke. All right, good. Amen. Oh, today's going to be a good day. I was with your 
your teams this morning and the people who get here and they they work from seven o'clock in the morning until uh, well five minutes to launch. Uh, so they work tirelessly, and I just want you to know that they're praying for you constantly. I watch them pray for you. I watch them elevate you. I watch them beg God for things in your life. And so, can we give it up for the Refuge Church teams that that they give? So much of their time and effort and talent so that you and your family and your friends can come meet Jesus. I am grateful. I pray that my team's just like them and then some because it takes a whole lot of people to prepare the way for what God wants to do in your life. Amen. All right, so today we're going to be preaching out of 2 Kings. Somebody say 2 Kings. All right, I think we can hang, Wendell. I think we can hang. All right, so we're pre- I'm going to be preaching out of 2 Kings. It's going to be in chapter 6. I'm going to go ahead and read through the scriptures. I believe they'll be on the screen for you guys to follow along today. And so I'm going to read that through And then we're going to kind of go into some breakdown. Somebody say, I need something. Try it again. I need something. You came into this place today. You need something from God. Now, I don't pretend to know what that is, but I don't believe for a second that you walked in here out of coincidence. I don't believe for a second that you came in here that, that God has not already prepared something for you. And so we're going to read through the scripture and then we're going to talk about this. All right. All right. Yes, you're with me. I'll holler at myself up here. It's all right. Totally cool. <laughs> uh, all right. So chapter six, it starts off like this. It says, now the sons and the prophets said to Elisha, see the place where we dwell under your charge. It is too small for us. So give you a little context, they are basically talking about where they were meeting as a church. And they're saying it's too small, so they're having growth issues, which is always a great issue to have in church. We're, we're too small. Wyndham, I believe there's a day coming where it's going to be too small for Wyndham High School to contain the move of God that is happening here and in your lives and in your church. Four people believe that and are excited. Amazing. Y'all like, come on, city boy. Oh, Wyndham, can we have some fun in church this morning? Amen. All right. So I'm going to keep reading. He said, this place is too small for us. He said, let us go to the Jordan and each of us get a log and let's make a place for us to dwell over there. And so what he's saying, this place is too small. Let's go build another church. Amen. Come on. Church planning is amazing. There's no more powerful and greater way to reach people with the gospel than church planning. Amen? Amen, amen. All of you are a byproduct of church planting. Pastor Adam and Tanya planted the Refuge Church, and God has moved in every single one of your lives because of what they have done and been obedient to. Thank you, Jesus, for working through them. So they're basically saying, hey, let's go build another church. So he answers them. He says, go then. Go, then one of them said. Be pleased. Would you be pleased to go with your servants? And he answered them, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, somebody say Jordan. 
They cut down the trees, but as one was spelling a log, that means chopping it down. I had to Google that. I just got out. I don't know. I was like, felling? What is felling a log? I don't know. So I found out it's chopping a tree down, just so you know. You learned something today. See, you were here for something. There you go. That's what about the best I can do. <laughs> All right. So he says, they said, um, but as one was felling a log, his axe, had f- his axe had fell into the water, and he cried out, alas, my master, it was borrowed. So this, this dude's chopping his tree. Uh-oh. Loses his mind, cries out, hey, hey, I lost my accent. You have to be very careful how you say accent. Just so you know, when I was practicing, I, yeah, I almost said, anyways. Um, <laughs> so he loses it. He cries out, and he's like, I'll borrow that. That wasn't even mine. Like, ooh, I can't imagine. Like, yeah, anybody ever lose something that was borrowed? Yeah, a lot of ladies' hands went up. You lost that dress, huh? Or like, yeah. Anyways, like stuff happens. Like I, I've I've lost stuff that I borrowed, and I was like, uh, I don't know how to tell you. Right? It gets real awkward because then you're like, Hey, you know how you entrusted me with that thing that that you really like and is important to you and you use all the time? Yeah, I kind of huh? I lost it. I don't know where it is. So it, it gets real awkward, right? Like, it's real weird when you got to tell somebody you borrowed something from them and you lost it. So he says, hey, uh, that was borrowed. And so I can imagine, like, this guy is, and he's nameless. He's just, he's a prophet, but he's nameless in the book. And so he's talking to Elisha, and he's telling him that, that, like, hey, man, that axe that I just lost, the head, I borrowed that. (laughs) That wasn't even mine. It wasn't even mine. And then it goes on to say this. It says, and Elijah said that, um, then the man of God said, where did it fall? Like, he's like, all right. All right, cool. Hey, show me where you lost it. When he showed him the place, he cut off a stick. <laughs> when he showed him the place, he cut off a stick and he threw it in there. I can only imagine this man's reaction. I just lost a borrowed axe. And back, listen, back then, a bo- an, an, an axe like, I know we can all roll to Home Depot and pick one up, like, of any size. They're incredible. But, but like, you couldn't do that back then. You had to go find a blacksmith or an iron worker or something, and he had to fashion it for you, and you had to pay for that. And that wasn't, like, you know, just $15 out of your pocket. Like, here you go, Home Depot, take my money. Like, that was seriously, you had to pay some, some wages for that thing. Back then, that axe meant money for you because you could work. It meant provision because you could use it to build. That actually was important. And so I can only imagine. He's like, Elisha, man, I lost that accent. And it wasn't even mine. It was borrowed. And Elisha comes over and is like, show me where you lost it. It's right there. It's in the river. Like, in the river, Jordan, listen, it, it was, it's muddy. It's a muddy, dirty, you know, and you, does Maine have any dirty rivers? I mean, listen, you know, it's the ones you won't swim in. You're like, kids, don't touch that. You'll glow in the dark. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's dirty rivers. Like, this, this water was muddy, muddy dirty water so you can't even see it and he's like i lost it and it was right there and elisha comes over and he's like let me get a stick and he throws a stick in the water could you imagine being that guy i lost my accent jump in and get it 
You're going to throw a stick in the water. Oh, that's cute. That I, I can't even, like, I can imagine that his reaction was probably like, uh, really? That's all you're going to get it out, throw a stick? But check this out. This is where the miracle happens. Somebody say miracle. All right, good. Just making sure you're awake, Refuge. This is when he showed him the place, he, uh, he cut off a stick and he threw it in there, and it made the iron float. Somebody say float. And then he said, take it up. So he reached out his hand and took it. Elisha threw a stick in the water. And the iron, I don't know if you all know iron is heavy, right? You get, I know you know that. That sucker was probably at the bottom, not moving. And what God did through the man of God, through Elijah, through the prophet, is God did a miracle in that moment. But you know what? There, there's an issue. Some of you are like, man, how does this relate? How does this relate? I think we have an issue in today's day and age. I think we are trying to grasp at straws. We're trying to operate within our own power and our own strength and our own abilities and our own talents and our own skills. And we're constantly trying to do how, what we can do. And we're not calling on the power of God. We've, we've, what I would say is we've lost our blade, if you will. We've lost our blade. We've lost the axe head. We've lost the, because here's the thing. So at the end of the axe is the axe head, right? It's the blade. Everybody say blade. All right. That's the power end, right? That's the business end. You don't want to be on the business end of an axe. For real. You ever watch Vikings and stuff like that? Oh, my gosh. Axes are brutal. But, but that was the power end of the tool. And I think I think we've 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 gotten to places in our lives and in in our families and in our churches and in our ministries and and just in life in general where we're we're trying so hard to operate in our own power and we've lost the blade. We've lost our our edge. We've lost the power of what we've been designed to do. And I, I I don't know about you guys, but but have you ever been a place where, where you feel like you lost your blade, you lost your axe head, like really, like you, you, because because what's an axe without an axe head? Ooh, y'all are smart. Ain't getting past you today. No, that's real. I'm not trying to be funny. That's real. It's just a stick. And what did Elijah throw in? Oh, that's funny. That's good right there. I'm preaching. Good job, bro. Good job. <laughs> I'm having fun. I don't know about you. Listen. <laughs> Have you ever been in a place where you feel like you you lost the axe head and you're just swinging, swinging, and you're swinging, and, it, and all you're swinging is a stick. And you're not, listen, how hard is it to chop down a tree with a stick? Forget that. <laughs> Ain't, brother, never going to try that. That's terrible. 
I could imagine that it's pretty much, unless you have a lot of years to waste, it would probably be impossible to sit there and hammer at a tree to try to chop it down without the axe head, without the power. But yeah, how many times in life we get ourselves in situations where we're swinging sticks, trying to overcome what's come against us. We're swinging sticks to try to beat back the problems in our life. We're swinging sticks to try to fix our marriage. Oh, now I'm coming at somebody. You're not trying to fix it with power. You're trying to swing sticks. We get into situations in business. For all you business leaders out there. You've got serious problems in your company, your organization, but you're just swinging sticks at it. There's no real power. You've lost your blade. When this man lost his borrowed axe head, like he, he, I could imagine it coming to a reality where he's like, man, I, there's nothing really I can do anymore. Because everybody else was still chopping, right? Everybody else still building. Everybody else was still working, still chopping down trees. They're still building the dream, right? And he's standing there with his stick going, eh, can't do nothing. Nothing. How many times does that happen in our life, right? I mean, for crying out loud, you go on social media and you're like, wow, look at everybody else's axe head. Mm, oh, got somebody on that one. Look at their accent. Look at the power in their life. Look what I want what they're doing. They in summer too. Summer's the worst, man. Everybody like on vacation. Like all the time. I'm like, dang, how you I went on one vacation this year. It's the worst. We see everybody else working, everybody else doing our thing, and we're over here, and we've lost our accent. We've lost the power in our lives. We've lost the power of God in our lives, and, and, and we can't, once we lose that, you can't build the dream. You can't build the dream that God has for your life. You can't build the dream for what God's doing here. Whew, I'll get to that in a minute. That's for later. God, save it. Somebody say, save it. Save it. You with me, Refuge Church? All right. Don't be afraid to shout at Brother Brown. I'll back. You know, I've, I've heard it said this. Because when you lose the power and you're just swinging sticks, you're not going to get anywhere. But how many times are we like, well, just, well, maybe I should just swing harder. Right? If I just swing harder, God, with my little stick, if I just swing harder, if I just work at it more, if I just do more of what I can do, then maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll break free. Maybe I'll break through. Maybe I'll chop that tree down. I've heard it said that what God destroys can never be rebuilt. But what he rebuilds can never be destroyed. You see, my Bible says that I've been given power 
and authority from the kingdom of heaven. My Bible says that you have been given power and authority from the kingdom of heaven. My Bible says that Jesus, I say Jesus, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. What's an axe without an axe head? It's useless. It's weak. You catch that? Let me rewind it. God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. What's an axe without an axe head? Useless. It's just a stick. It's weak. But God's strength, his power is made perfect in our weakness. You see, I want to I want to tell you today. God is looking. He is looking to restore the power that was destined from you since birth. God designed you in such a unique way. Unlike any other human being on the face of this earth, unlike anyone that ever has existed, ever does exist, or ever will exist. Do you believe that today, Refuge Church? Come on. God is looking to restore the power that you lost. Just like the axe said, he lost it. He lost the power. He lost the power. You see, I think we need to get to a place where we cry out to God. God, I need you to bring back the blade. Somebody say, bring back the blade. All right, Refuge Church, I'm coming down at you. Okay, how far can I go without this messing up? We'll find out. What's up? How are we doing this morning? Y'all had your coffee? You good? Who's that guy speaking on stage? You're weird, right? Crazy white guy. He's weird. Just hollering. I believe that we are in a position and a place, right, my man, where we've got to bring back the blade. We have to receive what God already destined for us in the first place. But here's the deal. What do we do? We go through life. We start making decisions and we start working through life and stuff happens. Life happens. You step in a big pile of life. Yes, it happens. Anybody has stepped in life before? Amen. All right, good. I'm preaching to the real church. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But we step in life, right? But we got to get in this position where, where we say, God, bring back the, bring back my marriage. Hmm. We, we used to be, we used to be so good together. I used to be happy. Well, we used to really be in love. We used to, what happens when it happens like that? You lost the power. You, you, you traded your problems for power. Some situations, let's be real, we take the axe head off ourselves. It's not even on an accident. We just pull it out. Anybody going to wield a stick? And then we think, this will be good enough. And God's like, My son, my daughter, you were never meant to wield a stick. You were meant to wield an axe. Bring back the blade. 
Say it with me, church. Bring back the blade. We got to bring back our marriages into the power that God has destined them for. We got to bring back our children. This world wants to remove the axe head and let your kids just be stick fighters. Just, just, hey, here you go. Have fun with it. You know what? And then, and then some, sometimes the world just wants to take away the stick, too. It is up to you, parents, to bring back the power that God has already wired in your children. Let me tell you this. If you knew that God, like, look at the Bible. So Elisha, he was one of the greatest prophets to ever live. He did so many miracles. Can you imagine this? Imagine if God came to you, or if somebody, even if you don't want to spiritualize, if somebody came to you and said, you know what, your child is going to be recorded in the Bible for doing the greatest amount of miracles ever. Your child is going to be the next president. Your child is going to be the next pastor to change a generation. Your child is destined to be a king. How would you treat that kid? We would treat them so differently, right? Be like, well, kid's destined to be a king. Got to treat him like that. You know that God has wired our children and destined them for greatness. And it is our responsibility. Parents, you with me? It's our responsibility to pull out what God's put inside of them. We've got to bring back our children. We need to bring back our purpose in life. We need to bring back our passion. How many people lost their passion? Come on, let's be honest in church today. You ever get to a point where you lost your passion? Or maybe you never had passion? You're like, you know what? Passion, that's my axe head. I lost my axe head. I have no passion, no excitement, no enjoyment. I'm just running through the motions day after day after day after day after day. And you're constantly, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm not happy. I'm not enjoying it. This isn't fun for me. When the, when the blade is brought back to the handle, the power of the axe is restored, right? Because now what was lost is now, I'll try it again, ready? So the word is found. What was lost is now, yeah, there you go, there you go. I know it wasn't meant to go that way. When the blade is brought back to the handle, your power restored. And it, and it, it begins to fulfill the purpose that, that God has designed you for. Like the axe is designed for some things, right? Here, check this out. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Axes are kind of neat. They're dual purpose. Axes are made for building and for battle. Axes are made for building and for battle. God designed that tool with a specific, with specific abilities in mind, and just like He designed you with specific abilities in mind, you are made to build. Everybody say build, and you are made for battle. Everybody say battle. Ready? Everybody say build and battle. Because there are some seasons in your life, Refuge Church, you know this. 
because you are building something right now. There are seasons when you need to get back the power, but once you have it, it's not enough to just hold it. Listen, you got to wield that power, that power of God that is specifically in Scripture. It says that you are given power. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon your life. Whoo, I'm preaching to somebody and three people. It's going to be great today. <laughs> I know I'm mean. My wife says I'm mean. She says I pick on people too much. Do I pick on you guys? Yeah, probably. All right, sorry. I'll be nice. I don't know how to do that. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But outside of, outside of God's power, if you don't utilize his power, I mean, honestly, let's, let's be real. What power do we really have? Nada. Amen, brother. I'm really not that good. I'm definitely not everybody's cup of tea. I'm for darn sure. I'm not even tea. I'm pretty sure everybody's cup of Red Bull. <laughs> Oh, that's funny? Really? I just need to make fun of myself. All right, here we go. But seriously, outside of God's power, we will endlessly toil and labor for a breakthrough that we can never accomplish on our own. You know, it's funny. Is there are three key things that this man did that allowed him to operate within the purpose that God had for him. There are three things that this man did that allowed him to experience the miracle that God had for his life. There are three key things. I'm going to say it to you in a second. There are three key things that allowed him to get back the power. So he lost the axe head, right? Yep. In the river, to the bottom, gone. Everybody say, gone. No, say it. Yeah, yeah, say it like that. Gone. <laughs> so here's three key things. I'm going to say all three of them, and then we'll unpack it a little bit. Number one, he cried out. He cried out. Number two, he called out. He cried out, he called out, and number three, he carried out. He cried out, he called out, and he carried out. And here's what I mean by that. If you want to experience the power of God coming back, putting it back on your stick, your axe handle, your handle with no purpose, with no power. Do you want the power of God back in your life? Well, say it like you mean it, church. Do you want the power of God back on your life? Do you want the axe head back? Do you want to be able to walk in authority and the power of what God has for you? Amen, amen. There you are. There you are, church. He cried out, he called out, and he carried out. And what I mean by that is, listen, when you are stuck in a crisis, you need to call Christ in your crisis. Call out, uh, cry out to Christ in your crisis. And I mean call out, too. Don't be like, um, Jesus, um, you know, I have these issues. I have a problem. Um, it'd be great if you could just, you know, help me, please, maybe. What did he do when he lost his axe head? It says he cried out. This starts the process of getting your power back. You follow me, church? So he cried out. It wasn't, oh, well, maybe God, could you help me? It was, hey, I lost what? I lost my power. God, wait a minute. I need help. You got to help me because what was in me, what was destined for me, I lost. 
you know what's great is like a good father, he desires to bless his son and his daughter. You know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. What's crying out? He's asking, Lord Jesus, I need you in this situation, in this crisis right now. Because I can't go another day in my power because of the defeat here in this city. I need to bring back the blade. He called out to those around him for help. So his cry out to God, and then what does he do? He talks to the man of God. He talks to the people around him. And he gets Elisha to step into his crisis as well. You see, you know what's cool? When you cry out to God, more often than not, let's just be honest with you, church. We be real in church today? Amen? All right. When you cry out to God, it's a call out to others. Let a buddy hear you. Let somebody hear you. Let somebody know what's going on in your life. Do not live quiet. The enemy loves isolation. He said, don't talk about your problems. Be embarrassed. Be afraid of what's, what's breaking you. Worry about that. Cry out to God and call out to others. Let somebody know. Let a brother know, right? Let a brother know. Let a sister know. Like, hey, I've got this issue. Because here's the crazy thing. is Look at what it talks about in the scripture. Literally, so he, when he called out, Elisha stepped in. You never know. Ooh, ooh, I'm going to preach to somebody right now. This is yours right there. I see you. Listen, you never know when you share that crisis with somebody else that they won't be the Elisha in your life and step back in and help you restore the original power that God gave you to overcome every single thing you need. Come on, church. We awake now. You guys finish your coffee? All right, let's go. <laughs> Amen. I mean it, church. I mean it. You never know. When you share, you call out to others. God, you work through them to restore the power that was given to Elisha. And then remember this last thing. He carried out. He carried out what he was told to do. See, it's, it's one thing to cry. It's another thing to call. But if you don't carry it out, you just a crybaby. You like that, Tanya? It was good, right? If you just cry and call, but you never carry out what God's called you to do, you just a crybaby. Yeah, y'all didn't know you're going to get made fun of in church today. Sorry. I say that in a sense of may it move you to understand that the last piece of the puzzle in this scripture was the fact that he carried out. What did he say? He, he, so Elisha threw the stick, right? And the axe head floated up. There's your power. But did, did Elisha reach in and put the axe together and say, here you go, my son. You're all set. Go back and do what you're told to do. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Here's what he did. Hey, there's your miracle. Pick it up. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm sorry. What? There's... Your miracle. The scripture literally says, take it up yourself. Whew. Hold on a second. I, I said, that hurts my head. Whew. Take it up yourself. 
When you cry out to God, he listens and hears you. When you call out to others, they step into the the process of what's being done, the answer and power to your miracle. And then when you carry out, when you reach down into the river and you get the power yourself. See, nobody handed him the axe. He had to reach out and pick up his miracle to take it up from himself. Somebody say, take it up. Somebody say, take it up like you mean it, church. He's like, dang, he's so angry. God's angry. God's angry. Yeah, that's right. You're angry. <laughs> oh, I, you know why I, I get so amped up about this? Is because I'm telling you that you're walking out of here today, and there is a miracle waiting for you, that there's no coincidence you needed to be here today to understand that at this moment, in this church, in this time, when you walk out of this service, you are going to walk into a miracle. And it's your responsibility to carry out. Come on, church. Get with me. Make some noise if you want to walk into your miracle today. Come on. Say it like you mean it. Scream it like you want it. I want a miracle, Jesus. We're going to walk into a miracle today. But don't miss it. You've got to carry it out. You've got to do what God called you to do. And when you do that, he will restore what was lost. And you know what's funny, church? This is the last thing, and then I'm closing, I promise. It's not like the second last thing or the third last thing. One last thing. You know, it's funny. God didn't even use, God didn't even need the axe head to restore what was lost. All God needs from you, listen, tune in. This is, this is so good, church. I, it's, I, this came to me and I'm like, oh my goodness. Thank you, Jesus, for that. That's mine. I want that mine. That was good. God doesn't need to hear all about what you've lost. All he needs you to do to get back what you've lost, to step into your miracle, is throw in what you got. I'll say it again. God does not need what's left, uh, what what's lost, to bless you. All he wants is what's left. He can do way more. With, with what's left and what's lost. And so if that's you today, listen, stop talking to God about what you've lost. God, you don't know what I've paid. You don't know what I've lost in my family. You don't know what I've lost in my marriage. God, you have no idea what I've lost in endless relationship after relationship after relationship. You don't know what I've lost, Jesus, between the sheets. So watch out. Getting real? You don't know what I've lost, God, in in just doing life. You don't know what I've paid. You don't know what I've lost, Jesus. And God just says, I know, but if you just bring me what's left, I'll move you into your miracle. All you got to do is throw in what you have left. God took what you had left and will take what you have left and restore the power you were destined to have. If I could have everybody 
Would you close your, close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? I want to take a minute. Please, nobody moving around, nobody making, this is a sacred moment because I'm telling you right now, church, there are people sitting next to you who've lost their power. They've lost their purpose. They've lost their passion. They've lost the blade. And they were never meant to live that way. You see, to restore what you have lost truly can only be done by Jesus. And for some of you in this place, you've been lost. You've never set foot or stepped into a relationship with Jesus. And God has been calling on you and calling on you and calling on you and waiting and waiting and waiting on you. Can I just say this? If that's you, and you're in this, you're in this church right now, and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, then now is your moment. Now is the part where God restores the power and the purpose and passion in your life. Now is the moment where you bring back the blade. So if that's you and you've never decided to follow Jesus, I want you to say this prayer with me out loud or in your head or in Chinese. I don't even care. But say it like you mean it. Say it with purpose. Say it with power. Because today your life is about to change. And so if that's you, repeat after me. Just say, dear Jesus, I've been doing life my own way. It isn't working. God, I feel like I'm just swinging sticks. I don't even have the power to overcome anything. I need you, Lord, to forgive me of my sin, to wash me clean. Make me a new creation. Thank you, Father. Love me. Lead me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, with all heads still bowed and eyes still closed, nobody moving around. If you said that prayer with me today, It's not the words that save you. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the sacrifice on the cross. And so listen, it's Jesus that saves you. It's your relationship with him that saves you. It's you following him that saves you. But if you just made that decision today, would you do me a favor on the count of three? Would you raise your hand? One, two, three. Would you raise your hand? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Keep your do me a favor. Keep your hand up for a second. I just want to see. Everybody else, keep your heads heads bowed, eyes closed. Those of you that have your hand up, just real quick, without moving, just look up at me real quick. I'm so proud of you. 
You've got the power back today. You've got the power back today. You've got the power back today. Amen. You've got the power back today. Everybody else in this place. Can I just say this over you? Maybe you've been a believer for a long time. Maybe you've been a believer for a short time and you feel like, I've just lost my power. I don't have any power. Maybe you don't believe the power that God's given you. So I would pray over you today and then we're going to celebrate and then Garen's going to come here. Uh, we're going to go back into worship. We're going to praise God for everything he did here today. But I'm going to pray over you, church. God, I thank you for what you did here in this place. I thank you, Jesus, for the restoration power. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, for God, for the, the six hands raised and the people that are taking a step to receive the power and glory that you have destined for them. But, God, I want to pray for every believer in this place. Every believer in this place on the stage off the stage in the kids environments every single person in this building that needs to know Jesus you have given us power to speak you've given us power to love you've given us power to praise you've given us power to worship you've given us power to live out gospel and to be so different from the rest of the world that, that when they see how we are and when they see what we do they say that's power I don't even know what that is but 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 God I want it I need the power back in my life and so if that's you as a believer in this place today Lord Jesus in this moment now would you restore the power back God, would they take it back? Would they restore and bring back the blade in their life, the edge and the power of what you've created them to do? Thank you, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, can we make some noise for the six people that raised their hands? Come on. Come on, church. Celebrate that. That's a big deal for what God's doing. And for the believers in this place. I believe that God is going to restore and already has been in the process of restoring your power. And so walk in authority, praise in authority, praise with power, serve with power, serve your church with power. I was talking to Tanya the other, uh, the other day, five seconds ago. I was talking about the church. This is God's house. Can I challenge you, church? Don't, don't rent the vision. Don't rent what God's called you to own. Mm. Don't rent what God's called you to own. Receive the power. Thank you, church. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. I absolutely have had a blast. Thank you so much.